0: What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. And we talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hi, and welcome to What Should I Think About. I'm Celine.
1: And I'm Stephen.
0: And what are we talking about today?
1: So, we're talking about cults today, but very specifically, uh, people. In cults. So what should I think about people in cults? Or how should I think about people in cults?
0: That's the one. So we were trying to think about how we should jump into this and we thought maybe since this is our first cult episode and brace yourselves there will be more, (laughs) we should talk a little bit about like what is a cult? To start with,
1: yeah. So the easy questions first.
0: <laughs> yeah, first we'll decide what the meaning of the universe is, and then you know, yeah. So from there, so yeah, what is a cult?
1: Yeah, so so cults are, are quite difficult to define, aren't they? Really, they um, people will tend to bandy the word around to any organisation that they don't like, um, and some people think it's a very narrow set of criteria. Some people think it's broader. Um, so it's it's quite, it's quite difficult to define. I should mention that I have a personal interest in this subject. It's an area that I personally um, study. And um, I was brought up in a, in a religious organisation that lots of people call a cult. Um, so it's worth just naming that religion. So I was brought up as a Jehovah's Witness. And lots of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses call that organisation a cult, And other people who are watchers of cults, call JWs, I'll call them cults, um, or a cult. Um, But others perhaps don't see it quite like that. They say that it's not a cult, it's a religious movement. And so you have these different terms uh, banding around. So today I don't really want to go into any specific religion or group. So we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Happy to do that another day. But it's just more generally, really, about the individuals that are part of that uh, world and what we should think about, how they've got there, who they are, what sort of people they are, um, maybe even how we can help them a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I suppose to encourage you to actually ask the question, what should I think about instead of having an yeah. initial gut reaction and that being your only stance on it? Because it's more complicated than people think.
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, I did recently did some research as part of my master's on... Uh, the way that people have responded following leaving a cult or a group. Yeah, so there's lots of different ways of describing these groups in the literature and in in the media, I suppose. Uh, so cults, okay, that's one way. NRMs, New Religious Movements, is a less controversial way, perhaps, of describing some of these groups. Um, high control groups is another way of describing the more dangerous groups that, that tend to control people's thinking and, and uh, behavior mm. um, so yeah there's lots of ways of describing them and to some degree it depends on your general stance around whether you think these are inherently bad or just another expression of religious freedom or you know ability to get together in, in ways that, that are perhaps unconventional and um, depends how you feel about that will determine what, how you describe these groups. So it's by no means an easy area to kind of understand. Um, so in terms of today, how we describe them, I think personally we don't get too wrapped up in in you know language about oh this is a cult definitely and how to define a cult. There are there are writers and and academics who are studying that. Um, I'll talk a little bit about some of those as we go through. I think, uh, but I'm more interested in in the people involved in those groups. And why they get involved, how they get involved, maybe how they leave. And those are the areas that I thought would be nice to talk about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, like I said before, I think people think it's really simple. So we were watching a documentary called The Vow. and We watched season one. Apparently it's commissioned for season two. There's already Mm. a trailer, actually, um, because there's been developments regarding that particular cult. Which is, um, I mean, what was it? What, it's called was Nexium. It? Nexium, yeah, and uh, Dos. So if you've watched it, you kind of know mm. that. I won't go too far because it's kind of a, it's quite a good documentary to watch and not be a hundred percent sure where it's going because it really takes you on a journey. But
1: yeah, so I think it's a fantastic documentary, yeah. and yeah, in a way, I, I agree. Although it's probably worth sort of dipping into a few of the things that we we found yeah on that
0: but I, what what i was gonna say was just the um the response when they talk to some of the general public it's almost like a vox pop section isn't it where um you know they're saying there's a group that almost ended up as part of Nixon but didn't and they're yeah. saying like oh if i was just they don't mean it But it does come across as like, if I was just weak-willed or dumb, I would have been stuck there too. It kind of sounds like that. And these people are like, yeah, it's not quite like that. The ones that have left and are, you know, fighting against it. But they're like, well, that's not how they get you. Maybe that you you weren't being attracted in by a particularly good um, member of the cult. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of the time they have really good experiences and they, you know... it it doesn't it doesn't feel like a cult they don't come at you with the whole um they don't present it as a cult do they no
1: well i think there is a scene um is it a scene it's a it's a, a reaction that is actually happening where the filmmaker who's actually one of the people that that left this group he says you know nobody joins a cult yeah nobody joins a cult that you join a group or you join a movement or you become part of a religion or no
0: one sets out in the no. morning to join a cult they don't no. get out of bed and think i fancy a bit of cult today No, a
1: bit of cult life is the life for me yeah um... high
0: control is my sort of <laughs> life I like, know.
1: no so so i think that's the bit that i'm interested in um at least today is yeah. is you know what what's going on there what should we think about because as you say in that vox pops there was a definitely a an assumption that yeah it's a shame for these weak-minded um gullible people that have got involved in cults of course it could never happen to me because i'm not like that but Um, i think the
0: problem is (laughs) it it definitely could happen to you and it's a sort of high and mighty thing it could happen to anybody it's just a set of circumstances oh what was it i said i was like if you believe in the many universe theory somewhere you're in a cult yeah. <laughs> there's a universe where you're in a cult somewhere that's because right. in the right circumstances aligned for you to end up in a cult so get absolutely. off the high and mighty horse <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah so that's right so um so yeah somewhere in in the in the multiverse you're yeah you're dressed in white robes um, yeah, in a high
0: control <laughs> group somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah um, okay so where do we want to go then first what, what are we gonna so we we've, we've Defined it in a way, although probably not particularly satisfactorily, there's a a way of describing it that is, has been popularised or invented, really, by a writer called Stephen Hassan. He's worth reading, if you're interested in this subject, um, and he was originally, he became one of the Moonies, which you've probably heard of, and this group uh, really controlled his life, and he, he ended up leaving, so... He's written a couple of books about it, so it's definitely worth checking those out. But he uses something he calls the Bite Model, um, which is a way of kind of ticking off, if you like. Is this group a cult? So he talks about behavioural control, um, information control, thought control, and I forget what the E is. Is it emotion control? Um, So he uses that model, um, which he's kind of created himself. There are other academics and other people that have have also attempted to do some of that. Um, So there's a book by, it's kind of the classic, I suppose, by Robert J. Lifton called Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism, um, subtitled A Story of Brainwashing in China. Mm -hmm. And he really is the guy that started this whole uh, field of looking at how people were manipulated into doing certain things. And he also has his own checklist, if you like, which includes some of those. It's perhaps a bit more academic in its way of approaching it. But these are generally ways of of identifying a group that's a cult. So maybe that's good enough for our discussions. It's a group that tries to control your thinking, control your behavior, that restricts your freedom to to do things um, that maybe you want to do. Um, And another way of describing it is a totalitarian relationship. So in studies of cults, it's often in the same field as studies into abusive relationships um, because they deploy a lot of the same uh, tactics. tactics. Um, Modern day slavery also uses the same tactics where you might have individuals who control everything that Mm. the slave so they might bring them across to a country where they're working but they control that the money coming in where they live who they live with well like the native american
0: reserves they were totally controlled could they were reliant on the state for everything so they used to be able to you know live on their own hunt and fish and such and they made that illegal so they were reliant on food then and all of those sorts of okay things. so
1: I don't know much about that so maybe that's another yeah we, podcast that, that there, would be really. interesting to talk about I don't know whether you can equate that with with cults but anyway that's the that's the kind of underpinning theory around cults it's this this high control uh, manipulation of environment and even they get in your head mm. so everything you think about relates back to or well, it comes through this filter of the the cult and the rules and the worldview of of this group um so sometimes it has an individual leader and and that's the traditional way of thinking about a cult is that you have this kind of charismatic individual normally a man although not always who controls his followers Um, there's often exploitation there monetary exploitation and often sexual exploitation so the The leader of the cult often has many partners, sexual partners.
0: I was going to say you'd be surprised after watching a few documentaries. You'd Mm. be, would you be surprised? I don't know. You come to expect anyway that there'll be some sort of sexual exploitation because so far I've not watched or heard about a cult that hasn't had some form of sexual exploitation, which is um, yeah, pretty lame.
1: (laughs) So it kind of goes with the territory, but I would say it's not always the case. So in a way, that's. That could be dangerous because that could blind you to other groups that don't actually have yeah. that element to it, but have lots of others. Mm. And I it's think it's not a
0: requirement, but exactly, it's yeah. often it's better. not a
1: necessary okay. condition. Um, I think even you know Stephen Hassan talks about groups that maybe don't tick all of those boxes, but, but still, still have enough to be considered a cult. The other way of thinking about it is it's more like a dimension rather than a box. So rather than saying yeah this is a cult because it ticks all these boxes. And so we'll put it in this cult yeah. bucket. Yeah. You can say, well, you know, on the scale of one to 10, how cultish is it?
0: Yeah. Well, we have sliding scales for sexuality and autism. Exactly. Why not one for
1: cult? <laughs> and intelligence and all yeah. all other things. So, yeah, it's I think that's probably a better way to think about yeah. it.
0: It's a sliding scale.
1: It is. So there's some that, yeah, definitely, you know, they tick all the boxes. Definitely a cult. And there's others that you might think, well, they've got some cultish elements.
0: Yeah i would say a question for you um that the the audience might be thinking too is um does it have to be sort of a fringe organization to be a cult
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's another really difficult question so some people say you know the difference between a cult and a religion is uh, a few million adherents and about 200 years yeah um and that You know, that's hard to argue against at times. You have, if a religion gets to a certain size, regardless of its worldview, which might seem very strange to other faiths, um, it has a certain weight and credibility that means that you no longer call it a cult. So it feels like there's a kind of, um, there's an unconventional element to it that means that we see it as a cult. Um, and that might be unfair in a way because lots of mainstream beliefs if you really dig into them um, seem pretty preposterous really <laughs> <laughs> without naming anything specific no, no. but i think if you look into most yeah. mainstream religions there's some elements of it that seem yeah. really quite bizarre if you really go down to the end, well degree. there's
0: that guy i can't remember we we're listening to the Omnibus Podcast, yes, that's like the a good guy podcast. That did the, yeah. yeah, and the guy was doing. Uh, he's written a book, isn't he? As though he's God, um because he said it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. that's not the Omnibus Podcast. Oh, is that was that's it? Bad Wizard. Um,
1: that's the very bad Wizard Podcast. Bad Wizards. Because yeah. we were listening to a few. I was yeah. knitting.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> listening with you, mm. um, but yeah, that that was talking about you know like Christianity at large, like huge, huge monolith of a religion. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is quite hilarious as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, I want to be careful in a way because I, I don't, certainly not in this episode, I don't want to um, kind of uh, push everybody away, you know, and, and lots of beliefs, if you get them knuckled down to mm. their simplest, they, they all sound a bit preposterous, you yeah. know, so I understand that. And Like even, the multiverse. Like the multiverse, for instance, it sounds ridiculous. And there's unanswered questions like you know if there was a big bang what how did that happen Installing. and uh, and all of that so yeah i i appreciate that um i'm not really having a go at religion here but um but yeah i think you're right the difference between a cult and a mainstream religion is, is often just about numbers really mm-hmm. and the amount of time that has gone by yeah but i think there is perhaps something more because of the level of of coercion involved
0: yeah because if you're like these days i have friends who are catholic but they don't regularly go to church yeah um, but they feel like they can still call themselves catholic or like they don't always do all the things yeah um but they don't get like the priest doesn't come around or whatever they're called and and have a go at you and say you need to come back and you've not been doing enough work
1: (laughs) yeah and and i suppose probably a a good way to think about it as well is there may be sects or groups within these mainstream religions that are more extreme and in a way um you know groups like jehovah's witnesses and mormons and and others that some would describe them as cults Mm -hmm. are actually subsets of of a a larger group Mm -hmm. and you'll get that with catholicism and um i don't know much about islam but i'm sure you have that with islam too
0: but now we understand that because okay. I'm sure everyone's completely settled in an agreement that we've dealt with that. Um, <laughs> shall we talk a bit about the people within them? So yeah. do you want to talk about people that join? Well,
1: first, I thought first or... it might be useful just to differentiate between these groups. So I think that there's within any group, let's call it a high control group. Okay. Um, within a, any of those groups, you'll have some that were um, converted, if you like. So they came in as adults because something attracted them to this group and then if the groups if it hangs around for you know any length of time then you're going to start having uh people in there have babies and bringing up their children within this group or cult so at that point you you then have the first generation second generation and so on um so then you have a, a group of people who are just born into this this is their this is just the earliest memories are revolved around Doing whatever is part of this group so I think these are two separate groups of people I'm really interested in the difference between these two and it's an area that I'd like to study in the future Um, I don't think there's been loads of work done on that so I think there's probably a big gap in terms of research into how those different people think about their group Um, so maybe we don't get time to talk about both of those two in in absolute detail today but it's probably worth discussing both of those
0: We're at least like i said i think we're going to do more cool cool casts um (laughs) so this is us dipping our toes in yeah so
1: yeah so let's start with people who are born in so that's my experience um so that's probably probably the easier one for me to talk about um yeah so whatever environment you're brought up in you you just generally accept it don't you Mm-hmm. no matter how bizarre or how different yeah, it's, loads to you of things. it's
0: not yeah when we went to uni that was that's an interesting experience because you all start talking about <laughs> yes. your lives and everyone's like ah different because <laughs> you all come from different places and yeah. different backgrounds it's the first time you get shoved together with an entirely new group that you didn't grow up with either in your home or in your hometown <laughs> yeah. through school it's quite a weird time you finally yeah. realize differences and...
1: the, the, the way that you cook or that you yeah. the the Things you eat, or yeah. what you watch on television, the way right.
0: you interact with your family, and yeah. you know all of these things. Yeah. Um. So I imagine that's quite intense when you've grown up in absolutely. It's even more um, pronounced an experience when you've grown up in a high control group.
1: Well, you just don't see it as being unusual, yeah. you know. So for me, it was um, I would just accept that the normal thing to do was uh, you know, prepare for our three meetings a week where i'd go to the kingdom hall and we'd sit there for two hours and listen to somebody and group of people different people talk we'd then have a little mingle with people in the hall and then we'd go home um we'd have a maybe get fish and chips on the way home Um, and then saturday morning i'd go on the field service which meant knocking on people's doors and trying to convince them that they were in the wrong religion they should change that religion um, but that was normal. Top tactic. <laughs> I remember going out in the pushchair when I was a little, very little, and having cold feet, and uh, but looking always with, cold feet, <laughs> always cold feet. But looking forward to going and seeing Mrs. Such and Such, who would always invite us in and would have a cup of tea and a biscuit. Um, that was just normal, and I think that's that's just the way that that it is when you're when you're young. But obviously, you start to become indoctrinated into the ideas, the the doctrines, the the rights the wrongs the morals the values the way of thinking of the group and so it's not like you have to adopt those things it it is you it's it's how you've started to create a scheme of the world so you know this is a this is an example of of this so how to explain it um You know, we do this all the time. This is psychologically how we develop. You know, if we see somebody behaving in a certain way, we might say, oh, this is an example of a nice person. Um, This is an example of how we greet each other. This is an example of how um, we go to work and how we earn a living and how we and so we we just see these as normal. And that's, of course, what you do as a child. And therefore, things like uh, not having Christmas, not having birthdays refusing blood transfusions all of those things were just considered well you know other people might do different things but the normal thing to do for us
0: is this and Um, it's not just the normal thing it's the right thing and the
1: right thing yeah i remember having a because i was quite a um, precocious child Mm. as a um, as a jw and i remember as a little toddler even before i must have been able to talk. But even before I went to school, I remember a workman coming round, and he he went out for a crafty cigarette, and I I went out and told him that that was wrong, um, and he said, "Well, don't your mum and dad smoke?" and and I said, "No, they know what's right." <laughs> um, so I was very willing to tell other people oh, what what they shouldn't shouldn't do, even as a child. Um, so yeah, that 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 was just the way it was. So I think um, as a child growing up, that's that's how you are. So when the question of this. Episode is what should I think about, or how should I think about people in cults? I think it's important to remember that a lot of them, or at least a percentage, depending on how old the group is, how how many years it's been around, a good percentage of them will be born-ins.
0: There's a real power of being born-in.
1: If you're a born-in, you know you've not had a chance to even think, is this right or not? Is you know does this make sense? You've just it's just been completely normal for you
0: yeah and i think the way that that's also exasperated is because you are actively discouraged from areas that would challenge your views because you're discouraged from worldly pursuits such as going to university which i do think if if more jehovah's witnesses went to university more people would leave
1: (laughs) Yeah, so without we don't want to just focus on, on No, Jehovah's okay, just generally is, if you cuz
0: it's a time when like I said even as a person that wasn't religious going yeah. to uni you do um, notice all of these differences in just ways of growing up um just from household to household nothing to do with ethnicity or yeah. gender or just just li- or religion literally just growing up differently. Um so I imagine if you got that experience as a you know someone in a high control group that would be really liberating um, but also a bit terrifying yeah to so th- realize how much of your life has been yeah a bit weird potentially <laughs>
1: yeah i mean absolutely and that's you know that's something that i'd like to go into in more detail mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. um but it's a tactic that is in itself part of the definition of a cult um, so if somebody's been raised in that group then there will be mechanisms to reduce or avoid contact with the outside world yeah. so for some cults that's physically moving into a or living in an isolated like a compound. commune or yeah. something yeah um, and but for others it's more of a psychological separation so we were told there's a, there's a passage in the bible where jesus says to his disciples something like you, you know the world will help, hate you because you're no part of the world mm. and that was very much the way that we were brought up and that's the way that other groups you know they might use different mechanisms but basically you know be careful who you talk to be careful who you associate with these people are are going to take you down a bad path don't have anything to do with them Um, Stick to the the people that either love the God you love or are the positive people that will give you the right energy or that will help you down the right path. You don't want to be associating and getting mixed up with these other people. So there's a lot of messages around being afraid of the outsider. Yeah. Um, And and all these groups use that tactic.
0: Because they do that in the vow, don't they? Yes. He he calls them Lucifers. But (laughs) I won't tell you... The the next bit you have to watch it because there's something that he does with that that's so twisted and sick. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but that's their version of it anyway. It's Lucifer. Yeah,
1: there's you know in 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 lots of religions there's uh, be careful of apostates. Those are people that have left the organization. Be careful of worldly people. Yeah. Be careful of suppressives. Um, these are all ways of saying don't associate with people who don't have the same uh way of thinking and don't believe in the same things as the as the group
0: and when you say it like that it's kind of terrifying in regards to just current world situation because everybody in that situation everybody kind of belongs to a cult of their own creation because more and more people seem polarized and holding on to their group of people that agree with what they agree with so it's like well i'm a liberal so i'll only associate with liberals and I'm going to delete everyone off my social media that doesn't believe what I believe. Yeah, um, because you know, I'm I'm curating my space and my place and my people, and it's like I honestly get that. Um, you know, because it is kind of like your social media is a bit like an extension of your bedroom. It's so it's your space, but also it's it could be dangerous. And and if we've seen that happening, courts <sighs> it suggested it is maybe so.
1: Yeah, I think um, so. There's two things I think worth saying on that score is is that there's a there's a natural social direction that that people take, which we've seen in multiple experiments and multiple bits of research that we do have a capacity and a tendency, I should say, to other other people and to create our own little in group and recognise an out group, and that is a that is part of our social uh makeup so we've seen some experiments henry tajfeld did these experiments called minimal group experiments which where he separated people into and and actually even the separating was done in a way that was random so they weren't actually Mm -hmm. separated but he said that some of the group preferred Klee paintings and some of the group preferred kandinsky paintings and just by creating those minimal differences, that's why it's called minimal group experiments, um, he was able to demonstrate that the, the in-group were favoured by members of that group. Mm. So you, you favoured people that were in your Kandinsky clan. Mm. Um, and if you were in the other group, you'd favour your, your Klee group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that shows that we have this, or this suggests, that we have this kind of in mechanism this very tribal kind of mechanism and you're right i think social media encourages that which is i think what's happening there but then with cults they take it a step further and it's the cult itself that imposes even more of that and creates a framework to say this is how you identify the in-group it's people who do this, 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 mm. this and this. And normally it's people, uh, part of the in-group are pe- other people that have committed themselves unreservedly to the group. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the mechanism takes over. Mm. It just We just do what we do, which is to stay within our, our in-group and be suspicious of the out-group. Yeah. And I think online, a lot of that is happening, Just it's just the in-group, out-group stuff, but I think it does leave people open to online um, creation if you like I think that is the next phenomena that's like we're likely to see it may even be happening now with some of these conspiracy theories I think it probably is
0: happening now but like it it gets mobilised through that at least so
1: and and of course if you demonise the other group which is what is happening a lot of the time um, then of course that's easier then to say well I don't want anything to do with that person Mm. because they're they're horrible you know yeah. they're, they're this and they're that so yeah I think there is a, a big risk um, of that happening but obviously that's that's kind of developing before our very eyes mm. um, but again going back to our question what should we think about people who are members of cults? well a lot of them will be born in and they will find it very very difficult to find their way out because they are either discouraged or restricted from going anywhere else so they they actually don't have the opportunity to you know to think for themselves essentially
0: um it it it, when you're born in you're often really reliant because all of your community friends family likely are in it all of potentially your work is in it because a lot of them make their like jobs through it so they they work with other um you know if we're using the example we know a lot of witnesses work with each other doing window cleaning as a company so if you left you'd probably be encouraged to stop working with them yeah absolutely Um, or if you were cleaning with another group you'd probably be encouraged to leave absolutely so your income's tied into Mm. it and all of your social engagement is which isn't something to I don't know, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to leave the social aspect.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, somebody who's born in, it will be uh, their parents. um, It may well be their extended family, their grandparents, their uncles and aunties, their cousins, and of course, all their friends. um, All that social network that, you know, the real social network, Mm -hmm. the the people that are around them and indeed the digital social network if it exists will yeah. all be this very very tight group and the thought of losing that is absolutely terrifying
0: can leave you paralyzed
1: absolutely you know what what will i do i don't have anybody anymore and it's one of the areas that is most disturbing about these sorts of groups because it means that people who do leave are are at risk of both getting involved in other cults Mm. or of mental health problems that are associated with this incredible feeling of loss and loneliness and they don't have anybody to turn to. So I think that's one of the more serious elements of these groups. Some of them are actually seen as quite mainstream and yet they they practice these these behaviours of shunning, of basically just stopping associating with anybody who's no longer a member of that group and indeed Jehovah's Witnesses do that but they're not the only ones by any means um, and it means that people that leave those groups are incredibly isolated and I think at, at grave risk.
0: So that's kind of I suppose how did they get there is obviously just the actor being born yes. in and raised in it and you think everything is normal and how do they end up staying there, because either you continue to believe it because it would be easy to continue to believe something you've always thought was true, and you've been um not discouraged because it's done in a more sinister way than that, but um kept from considering other options because you're kept busy, 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 and potentially you know you might leave the meeting hall or the the church or whatever, but you go home, and like you said, if you're born in it, it follows you home because you're your parents are there and you're all doing it still so you know that's how you end up staying there and and even if you do consider that it might not be true the idea of leaving is quite potentially terrifying
1: absolutely i think you've you've put that into a nice little nutshell the only thing i would would add is that different groups have different levels of control while you're in so for some it's discouraging for for others it's downright punishable by physical punishment or more likely by kind of other types of punishment yeah. like isolation so yeah. um yeah there there are some real consequences that you're very much aware of. so that's one of the things that keeps you in is that you're mm-hmm. just too scared yeah you're too scared to go
0: like there's psychological or yeah um in, in some cases physical abuse with some of the more dangerous yeah definitely um, corpse yeah. as well um, yeah and of
1: course it, it, it creates some conditions that other things can happen so with a lot of these groups you may see behavior within the groups that are not necessarily encouraged or sanctioned but happen because of this level of control so when you have a um, an organization where let's say the man of the house is kind of like a little king of his own domain then that leaves open some behaviors that may not be actually part of the religion but or the group but it's kind of facilitated mm, that. Because, and it gets
0: excused away.
1: And there's that as well. But it's created some conditions that have, have basically made it possible for this person to behave in a certain way. And basically get away with it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's another reason why it's very difficult for people in that to actually leave. Because well,
0: yeah.
1: they can be in this, again, this kind of totalitarian type relationship.
0: So... Um, I was thinking now we could maybe talk about the people that join in. We've kind of got Mm. a good vibe feeling for the people that um, are in a cult because they're born in and and kind of talking about why they stay, because obviously we know why they're in, because they were born. (laughs) Yes. Um, We've gone into, you know, the the point of staying. But um, I suppose what we're thinking about now is um, the people that, you know, live a normal free life and then they go I fancy joining a cult except that's not really how it works is it?
1: (laughs) No exactly so no as we said before no one knows they're joining a cult or at least I've never come across anybody. Um, No I've
0: never seen the documentary (laughs) where someone goes yeah I fancied a bit of that.
1: (laughs) I fancied a bit of cult life. Um, I suppose there are some attractive things to being part of a cult which um, you might go into with your eyes open so one of the things that people like to maybe want is to be freed from the daily decisions that we have to make so i guess this might be why people join orders um that mean they no longer have to you know earn a living they no longer have to worry about uh raising a family or making decisions about where to live how to live what to do when to eat
0: got a bit of decision fatigue (laughs) it's
1: all there for you Mm. Um, You know, you you get up at five o'clock in the morning, and you you know you feed the the chickens, and you milk the cows, and then Mm, you mm. have breakfast, and then you have prayers, and then you. So there must be something quite liberating.
0: Yeah. For what are those people that live and they're like all old-fashioned looking in America? Who are they?
1: Oh, the Amish.
0: Yeah. If you were the Amish, maybe you quite like that because you do get to live old school life, and it's it's. If if
1: that's for you, then that might be quite attractive. Yeah. Mm. Um. I don't know enough about the Amish to if, say whether they're a cult or I not. Know. I don't know. So they're a bit weird, but I don't throwing know. throwing if... these things in like, like bombs. <laughs> 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 oh, what about that group?
0: <laughs> the Amish? <laughs> no, but, yeah. you know, no. I, was, I wasn't saying they're necessarily a cult, but just, um, you know, a yeah. simpler way so of life. So a way of life that yeah. might
1: attract you. So I guess there are some reasons why, even if you think, well, it's a bit of a cult, but, you know. I kind of like the idea of not having to make my own decisions. Yeah, but I don't really think that's a major no. factor. Again, I'm not talking about this from personal experience because I was raised in a group. But um, but from the reading I've done and from the research and talking to others, I guess first thing that's important to stress is that it, I don't think it reflects any weakness on your part. If you have become a member of a cult it doesn't mean you are weak-minded it doesn't necessarily mean you are actively searching for something although it could mm. um it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're gullible
0: no and it's not necessarily religious um right. cuz some people think that it's only for people going on like spiritual quests or something um a cult doesn't have to be a religion
1: no, that's right. So a lot of the writers on cults make the point that there's a lot of sort of MLMs, multi-level marketing schemes. There are secular cults. Um, there are psychotherapy cults. That's mm-hmm. uh, an area that's quite an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the yeah. vegan cult as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and not just in the general movement sense. I just mean like mm. there was a particular group that's been shut down yeah. because people were getting malnourished and stuff because um, they were like they just live on raw food and that was it. Well
1: there's the raw food cult yeah. there's the uh, water or air
0: Breatharians or- Oh
1: my goodness, yeah so
0: Yeah but they die obviously <laughs> <laughs> um, just throwing I don't that need one to eat, there. I just breathe Yeah, um,
1: Yeah. Um so there's lots of there's lots of cults that are not necessarily religious, I, I agree Um Yeah, so I think the reality is is that there are a multitude of reasons why people join groups
0: yeah i think the only thing i'm if i was to say i was certain on something it's that it's it's not just because people are stupid or gullible i don't think people join cults just because they're stupid or gullible
1: no i agree with that so i think um often people get drawn in through um actually something quite good so a lot of the a lot of the way that you would try to get people involved in in a group certainly in my experience would yeah. be to get them along to the meeting so you try and get them along to one of the the get-togethers and one of the tactics is called love bombing mm. which is and uh, you know a lot of these groups do that which is you're made so welcome when you go it's a wonderful feeling and I've seen that myself it's, oh somebody new. And they're kind of people flock to them, and oh, it's lovely to see you. What's your name? And and the, you know, everybody's really friendly and lovely. Yeah. And it gives you such a warm glow that you're that you're in in a group of people that really are really interested in mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. They'll ask you questions about yourself, and you know, and they won't normally show any judgment about what you do. You know, so although you might be breaking lots of the rules, they they don't care about that. You know, they they just want to know you. So I think that's one of the ways that you start yeah. to to feel safe in that environment.
0: Yeah, they they get you in with the good stuff. They don't start off with, um, no. they don't start off with like, all right, we're going to control what you eat. Um, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they outlined all of the rules that you would be doing by the end, that's right. You wouldn't join because no. it's not like that. They don't start you off and they're like, just so you know, <laughs> this is going to be really difficult and um sometimes if you break the rules i'm going to hit you um, and, and and you
1: might have to sleep with the leader every now and again yeah
0: and and so if you upset your husband we will sleep on the floor as punishment but you'll yeah. do that to yourself because you know it's the right thing to do yeah
1: um, yeah that that isn't all laid out for no, you all that there's you not get a,
0: brand, a pamphlet is there no. a brochure with well the... there are
1: but that that isn't included not a proper yeah. one
0: it's it's not like no. when you're applying to unis and they send you the brochure with the well, course outline
1: even those are pretty you know, Stupid. <laughs> well, pretty, they, they, they gloss. gloss over a lot of the things that are the reality. So nobody's going to say, you know, actually, this is what it's like. Um, so, yeah, it's and the other thing to remember is that often in these groups you'll see normal people. Yeah. So it's not like when you go along to this first meeting that you're going to see robed people, um, you know, or behaving oddly. Normally, what it is, is you go along and there's people like you. There's there's other men, women, children yeah. um, having
0: like a cup of tea, offering yeah. one. you one. Exactly, stuff yeah. That's familiar and comfortable.
1: Some of them might have jobs that you recognise, and they talk about things that you get.
0: They go to the pub, maybe.
1: They yeah, they they listen to music. They um, they might know about films. Um, but- so, whilst there may be some restrictions and a lot of restrictions, what you see when you go in, you don't see all those. You just see no. a bunch of normal people who are really nice,
0: yeah, everyone's really nice. You yeah. just don't know that that's under pain of like um being you know told off or punished <laughs>
1: absolutely so that's that's sort of the first thing that happens and then, after you've done it once, after you've walked in that through that door once it's a lot easier to do it again if it was a nice experience
0: yeah and, it, so and for the like, first few times it will yeah, be
1: nice won't it that's it i'll go along again and and then you know you're asked well what about what about uh, you know coming to this other meeting and so you you go to this other meeting and then maybe there's a a regional get together and you get you go to that and yeah. there's even more nice people and and also at the same time you're receiving some instruction and information that seems just like common sense
0: yeah like here's how to make your life better yeah um or like you know because sometimes it will prey on a time in your life when you're more um what's the word susceptible yeah Yeah. it might so you know when for one of the people in the vow for bonnie it was you know she was struggling with her career and she wasn't enjoying her career and you know she was about to give up on singing and music and you know, she gets brought in at this point and it encourages her to be confident and, you know, she's finally happy and doing something that she believes in and so on and so on. Because it gives it gives you that thing potentially that you felt you were missing.
1: I think there is some of that. Um, what I think is difficult to separate is to know how much of that story is... Uh, sort of a post-narrative in that you're, you're looking back you think, why did I get involved in that? Yeah, it was because my career was difficult at the time. Yeah. Um, or whether it's just that... Because I, I personally think that anybody at any time is susceptible. So even if your life is seems to be going well, no, yeah, yeah. there'll always be lots of things about your life that you think, oh, this is bad and that's bad.
0: No, yeah, of course. Cause and there's... so when
1: you look back upon that experience, you're, you're bound to say, I wonder whether it was because I broke up with my girlfriend or I wonder if it was because I lost my job.
0: I think they employ different tactics for each person, right? So, there's the Brothmans. I think they're the financiers at the beginning, because and they're talking a, about the vow now. Yeah, yeah, yeah still the vow. So they, yeah. they're the financiers, and they have a lot of money. And you kind of think, well, why would this well-off woman, like within her own right, dump a load of money into this ridiculous cult and get herself involved in that when she's got no reason to look? for um sort of like i don't know spiritual or growth or whatever like nourishment you know she's clearly got everything but they will have employed different tactics to that woman than they will have to bonnie because potentially or like she'd said the reason she'd gone in the little video thing because they've got all footage is being like well i'm i think i might quit my dream and and they've said well come and we'll convince you not to yeah Yeah, so
1: as soon as you reveal something about yourself then obviously then then they are going to home in on that
0: particular thing so
1: yeah i think there's an element to that but my argument is that I think it's it's probably a mistake to, to imagine that it only you're only susceptible at certain times of your life. I think everybody is always susceptible because there will always be something about your life that you wish you could improve. Mm. So our inner voice is always telling us that we could be smarter, mm-hmm. cleverer, more in control, um, wealthier, yeah. prettier, sexier, you know, yeah. a better actor, a better husband, a better mother, a better father. And there's,
0: you know, there's you know, a... I with a uh, sound so weird with a skilled cultist yeah um they can find out what exactly. that is and use it
1: exactly and that's that's the way i see it so that's that's for me that's the thing it's it's it drags you in just through normal human desire yeah. for social yeah. uh, socialization there are a few other ways that maybe we get to talk about like the um <laughs> the the, the dimension where you're looking for a partner i think that's that's a an area that is often forgotten but i'll talk about mm. that in a minute mm. but for the main i think it's um yeah you get sucked in. i mean the other element is the intellectual one is where you might be somebody who is interested in lots of different ways of thinking and you've quite open-minded about you know how did we get here where are we going what mm-hmm. is the future what happens when i die these are questions that a lot of these groups will try to answer for you um, and some of the material ones like the the multi-level marketing stuff might be you know how do i get richer how do i get more powerful how do i be more secure so these are normal desires that people have and if you're interested in those particular subjects then of course you're you're going to read some of the literature you're going to listen with interest because they're offering answers to these mm-hmm. big questions so that certainly is, is something that, yeah, although so I was brought up in it, I think I would have found that attractive.
0: Yeah, so some some people are seeking out answers, and yeah. and there's groups that claim to have those That's answers. Right. So there's that aspect. So there's um ones that kind of have a setup where you can walk into it with these sort of days and... Um, maybe self-help groups or whatever like yes. or, or they have meetings or they you know they have a space physical that you can go visit to and you might end up going on a day and then they hook you in that way they, yeah. they do their quick work working out who you are and what might bring you in because it is kind of a sales um it's it's a yeah it's a sales tactic mm. you know find out Absolutely. what they want and give it to them yeah. um and and that's what the so there's that element there's the just coming across of your own free will because you're looking for answers for questions and they supposedly have them and then um were you thinking there's another thing as well there um
1: yeah i mean i think the, there's lots of other um ways that they might attract you but it's so i guess it's either a social way so you know you, you it's nice to be with nice people and people that care about you so mm-hmm. that's that's one of the pulls and then there's the intellectual attraction which is got all these questions that i don't know the answers to and this Mm. group offered me those and then there's the the other one which uh, quite a few people came into the organization i was involved in through partners or through people they were seeing so um so if one person becomes a member of this group they might already have a spouse it depends on the group and how they they view that but if they've got a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend then there's some pressure on that individual to come in as well. So they may well come to a meeting with their their partner. And then, again, they find this lovely kind of community. But the other pull is that they don't want to lose their girlfriend yeah. or their boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Then there's other ways where perhaps a member of the organisation has done something where they shouldn't really, which is start a romantic relationship or you know the beginnings of a relationship with somebody who's not a member and then the pressure is to bring them in
0: yeah because then it's okay
1: then it's okay if you bring them in so that happens quite a bit i think as well Mm. certainly in my Mm. experience i saw some of that happening so that's another way which isn't quite as as talked about but that's definitely in there where you get people coming in just basically on the coattails of someone else so yeah, I'm sure there's other other ways of this mechanism happening, but I think that's that's generally that's generally how yeah. it works. And I then think... obviously keeping them is the same as, as the other groups.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah, I definitely think the main one that I would cons I would if someone would say to me, How does someone end up in a court is the um just clever salesmanship of it, which is just find out what they want and sell it to them. Because um, it's if you've got a good salesman, how I mean, have you ever been to a to John Lewis and walked out? You know, you were meant to just be looking that day, and you've ended up buying. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's it's quite impressive the power yeah. that some people have to sell you something. I like to believe I have such a power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just coming to look at engagement rings. I'm going to make you buy one today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And some of the underhanded tactics, which I'm sure you don't, no, employ, of course not. are. Things like um, make them kind of make their choice quickly. So you don't want them to go away and sleep on it or think about it. Um, And I think in a kind of slightly longer game, I think Mm. cults do that. So they'll say something like, you know, the end is coming very, very shortly. Yeah. You know, it's imminent. The end of this world is imminent.
0: Well, that's the same in all sales, though, isn't it? It's just like this this act you know we've got 20 percent off that yeah, does end this weekend that's right and exactly. are you going to be able to get back into town before then <laughs> exactly. should you just get it now so um, it's kind
1: of using that urgency yeah. like i have to make a decision now i can't hang around for too long because i'm going to lose it so it's that fear of losing
0: mm-hmm.
1: out on something i think is, yeah. is there yeah. definitely
0: and um i think if you just think about it in terms of sales it's like making it personal. So you probably have a general script of how you get people in, but you find out about them. So if it's like if you're selling a particular thing and you know you're like, oh is it a gift or is it for yourself? Is it oh what's their name, who you're buying it for? Oh I yeah. think she would like this one. Do you know what I mean? Like you make it unique to them even though yeah. it's kind of the same tactics per person, you just feel as though you've been treated uniquely and specially in
1: Absolutely and again with groups and cults that are quite unethical i think in their approach they will look for things like the death of a loved one for instance yeah. as a way in so you know and they're, they're even like training sessions on how to do that so if somebody's lost a loved one how can you give them comfort and how can you show them that they have yeah. a hope for the future mm-hmm. and that's really quite manipulative It is.
0: and what i would say there is don't you don't necessarily have to we're not saying to think bad of the people no. that are taught these methods no. because they are in themselves. That's right. The people that create these methods, they're the ones that you kind of got to wonder because they must know. I think they must know. It's it's.
1: Well, I think that's another question. Uh, my view is a lot of the the people who are at the high level of these groups kind of see it as. Um, it's just what they're doing is justified because the ends justifies those yeah. means
0: i suppose then that question leads you into we're talking about how do people get in i mean how does someone start one do they start one because are they the same as the people that join you know are they so do
1: you join your own cult can, yeah. can we come back to that i think that's a really interesting question but i've got a couple of other things i'm gonna I pop a to... pin
0: in do you come back to your yeah. Own
1: cult? yeah that's right i like that question um so the other thing I was going to say that keeps people in is this sunk cost fallacy they call it. Yeah, um, and I think I that... said
0: that the other day about you because your mum was like, "Oh, his bike, he's, he's he's struggling with his bike. He's not going to go out." And I was like, "Nah, sunk cost fallacy. He's going to go out now. He's more invested now than when he started because he's put loads of time into getting his bike out."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you you kind of the idea is that the more effort you put in, or the more money you invest, or the more time you invest, um the more difficult it is yeah. to say, do you know what? I'm going to cut my losses here and go. And we do that in all sorts of things. People do it with investments where mm-hmm. it's clear that this business is going yeah. down the tubes, but people will still carry Desperate. on putting money in to prop it up because they've already put a lot in. Yeah. A lot in. And I think that's a big factor in cults is that you've invested a whole lot of of tangible and intangible things into this group. Um, it could be literally money finance so you might have depending on the group it can literally mean it's wiped you out financially Mm. but it could be lots of effort lots of energy time you may have spent the last 20 years or 30 or 40 years in this group and to admit that it's not true um i mean that means admitting that all of that time was wasted and i think that's really, really hard, and that's why many people stay in these groups. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why people stay in, and especially perhaps if you have come in from the outside. Um, so because
0: yeah, you feel, like, oh, I made a choice. Exactly,
1: I made a choice. What was I doing? You know, I, I was, I had this life. Okay, it wasn't perfect. No life is, but then I chose to get involved in this thing
0: and spend. However many yeah. years doing that, yeah. So
1: it would be a massive admission of being wrong. Mm. And that can be And really And difficult.
0: potentially bringing other people in. I think that's the other thing. Yeah. If you've brought other people in, I think it'd be really hard to leave. Yeah. So that's why I think, and it's not just bringing people in that are adults bringing them in, but I think if you raise children in it, yeah. to admit that you were wrong, so to yeah. leave yourself would be potentially unimaginable and, and potentially create a break in your mental state because you'd have to that the your children i mean i don't have children myself but it, you know from what people say you you know and i can imagine your children is y- your whole sort of energy and life goes into making sure they're okay and that yeah. you do right by them yeah so then if if you were to admit that you'd made such a big boo-boo yeah <laughs> that could be that could be really mentally destructive
1: so i think this is where that term that everybody's using these days (laughs) cognitive dissonance comes in yeah Um, and i think it is it is a good way of describing it so cognitive dissonance is is this kind of trying to hold two opposing thoughts at the same time and i think that's where you find yourself Mm -hmm. is you know you kind of have this this knowledge that there's something wrong there and it's maybe not true or it's damaging or whatever but then you've got this other voice that's saying, "Yeah, but it it must be true because you've invested all this stuff."
0: Yeah, and you say, "I'm not a dumb person." Exactly. You know. Yeah.
1: So it, yeah, I it, think I think yeah. that's another big factor. Yeah.
0: I think it would be that that's what I would think is really challenging. If you've brought people in, whether or not that's your own children, yeah, um, or people you've brought in through knocking on doors or however whichever group brings people in, yeah, um, that would add another layer of difficulty.
1: So, let's go back to your your great question. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, the creator of cults, did they join their own cult or did they yeah. create
1: it? Yeah. So, I think this is really interesting because it's got a few layers to it. So, you've perhaps got one individual who is the the creator of the yeah.
0: cult. Yeah, in my questioning, there's, yeah. a, there's a lead.
1: And then you've perhaps got a group who were followers of that uh-huh. individual, but then might become the heads... Themselves, like the
0: original disciples,
1: and so on. So, does a a cult leader essentially join his own or her own cult? I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's an interesting question I've posed (laughs) to us. Just keep um, batting it back to each other. You take it back. (laughs) No, I think it's very. It's almost like, are you are, are are people inherently? It depends on if someone's inherently gone out and gone, I would love to control people. I want a group of people that love me and do exactly as I say. I don't know, like, it's intent, isn't it? And it's so hard to prove intent. Well,
1: you can't prove intent, generally. generally. I think there might
0: be a mix. I think some people want power and control, and they don't necessarily say I'm going to make a cult, but that is the way that they are able yeah. to get what they want which is power and control and then there might be some people that think they've found the answer to the world and they really genuinely want to help people to to work it out and come with them um so like they bought into their own belief system
1: yeah yeah i think that's um i guess i'd i'd sort of second that really i i think um i think again the reason why it's quite interesting is because it comes after the brief discussion we've had mm. about um, cognitive dissonance. And I mm. think cult leaders probably, some of them, have lots of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. The ones that don't, the real psychopaths, if you like, are uh, maybe they are um, actually psychopaths in that they have, uh, they're have wired slightly differently in that they don't really have much empathy or they struggle to engage with that emotion and therefore they just see people as a means to an end for them Yeah. and in that case a cult is a quite a useful mechanism mm-hmm. for getting more money, power, sex mm-hmm. these things that maybe these individuals yeah. want but I think there might be another group as you say that, that are deluding themselves a lot of the time, they might start off with good ideas um, and the adulation, the the feedback they get is always positive and this makes them believe in their own hype yeah. even more um, and they start to overlook some of the behaviors that they would have recoiled against earlier mm. but they they allow themselves to do those things or they allow it to happen in their organization because they are able to justify it in mm-hmm. some way
0: i think that they might be more prevalent in um, a modern society where it could start off with just like creating a forum online or something mm. or a facebook group where they you know say oh i want to find a place for like minded people to talk about yeah um what i think's going on here about x y or z and then you know there's the chance that people might be like oh i'd love it if you did a talk on this or yeah um why don't you go to this place like this but this convention and you could you know we could meet you and we could talk in person. do you know what i mean i think yeah a, a it's so much easier to create a platform and, and potentially get swept away in your own hype, but it's probably yeah. potential before it's just cause I'm from a time where social media is so prevalent, but that probably could happen before with different conventions and, oh, yeah. and such, you know, someone might just have an idea and it gets, it gets jumped on and, and you know, all this praise around, the idea and and them compounds into there's a cult that they've created and they didn't even know that they were that's what they were setting out to do
1: yeah there's probably more more research needs to be done into that and again part of the difficulty with that is knowing how to define a cult yeah Um, but yeah i think i think there's um there's more work to be done on that yeah um, many of the leaders i think of of groups um are themselves victims and so again a lot of what they do May well be that they feel it's difficult. Maybe they find it difficult to do, but it's a means to an end, so mm-hmm. they they allow it to happen or they do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think it also may attract people who kind of enjoy the power. Yeah, and um, that that's they they kind of get off on that. If you like, they enjoy having that power. Um, and again, that comes down perhaps to individual differences, really.
0: Yeah, I think you've got a one. Win- it, it you might potentially start off as the first one mm. so you might start off as the you buy into your own cult. Cool, but at some point you probably start if you start enjoying it and doing things for certain you know to, to receive certain ends maybe you've pushed into the other version and you are conscious of it yeah and you're allowing it to continue um,
1: interesting i think that's an that's a question we, we simply won't answer but um interesting question
0: question for the audience yeah maybe
1: yeah maybe
0: do you join your own cult or do you create a cult
1: yeah so when you, that's right do people join their own cults or do they actually uh do they do it knowingly do they create cults yeah. knowingly? Are i, I think I'd all, i think i'd also like to know what what people have thought about this discussion and whether it's maybe changed their mind about people who are involved in cults Mm. and they're thinking about how easy it is to to join yeah
0: how easy it is to join and or like um maybe change your opinion on um how you could have you know the blinkers on Mm. um you know how that's possible
1: yeah so yeah very interested in in your views on that as we said before we we will come back to the subject of cults yeah
0: i think i'd quite like to talk about that um that vegan cult because that's just i find it really interesting because they went and did like the fruit like yeah they did like um tried to recreate the 70s thing with like the harvest and stuff um, and it just went a bit (laughs) went a bit wrong didn't it Um, yeah
1: there's lots of individual groups that i think we should look at at some point um so obviously we touched upon my upbringing today which and i'd like to go into more of that we talked a little bit about nexium there are other groups that we could uh, we yeah. could go into
0: i definitely think when part two's out we could do a bit more talking about that um yeah. that would be interesting yeah. find the vegan one interesting just because it's like such a thing that i wouldn't think could be cultified but just to prove that anything can yeah um, um,
1: another subject that i want to talk about is nlp so that's mentioned on the nexium um documentary um and yeah, there's a lot, to, I think, a lot to be said about that. I've done yeah. some studying into NLP and I actually went on some training courses. So after leaving my own I cult, <laughs> I then nearly joined another one, I think, in some respects. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's actually a very mainstream, or it was, a very mainstream discipline, framework that lots of trainers, HR professionals and it kind of got legitimized legitimized um it actually you know you could go to universities and get um Mm. courses on nlp so it really did get into the mainstream um and even now it's quite a divisive area there's lots Mm. of my fellow professionals in in organizational psychology and uh, management that that still will put on their cv nlp practitioner Mm. um um, and so I think it's quite an interesting area and, and something we could talk about a bit more.
0: 100%. So buckle in for more cult content. Yeah. Um, but obviously we'll talk about something else next time as well. Yeah. Um,
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah. And remember, ask, answer a question um, on whatever platform you engage with. Do you join a cult or do you... Uh, Create your own okay. sort of question. Um, yeah, and tell a friend, please. <laughs> Bye. 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 What should I think about? Is an evil sheep production.